Hello, Charlie. Hi, Ash. Sorry. <laughs> Welcome to Dad Pod. I just had to roll a bit of video on this because this is the first time I've met Wolfie. Yes, this is Wolfgang. And uh, w- wonderfully, this is about Wolfgang's fourth podcast. Oh, really? Yeah, he's been on he's been on mine a few times. He's done a lot of intros with me. Uh, but this is his first adventure on Dad Pod, episode three. And this is the one where we debut Wolfie, which is pretty well, good. Well, last time we uh, last time we spoke, you were... In the position that I'm in now, which yes. is ready to go. You're on the launch pad, waiting for the countdown. Yeah, absolutely. You're that that moment in any NASA movie or yeah. giant meteor movie yeah, that's right. where they're strapped in and someone makes a joke about, you realise we're sitting on top of a quarter of a million yeah. tonnes of explosive and then someone does a one-liner about something going boom or it's something. It's actually good. We didn't plan this, I mean, when we decided to do this pod, but the fact that there has been a one-month buffer between our experiences is quite good. Yeah. It's good storytelling. Because <laughs> you've got the one guy who can foreshadow for the second guy. Uh, and, the, and the other one who can do all the things right. <laughs> the yeah, first yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> you can go to the door first. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Wolf is basically here his fourth week of life yesterday. Amazing. Which was... Four weeks old. Four weeks old. <laughs> He's four weeks old. He doesn't look a day over two. <laughs> he's, he's a big boy. He came out at 56 centimetres uh, from head to toe and um, weighed at 3.97 kilos. And so, uh, you know, I love my coffee. Mm. I weigh my coffee when I make oh, there's a little scale there. I know what 25 grams or 22 grams of coffee looks like. Between the delivery table and the scale where they got the official weight, where they did the weigh-in, like Floyd mm. Mayweather, right? He did a poo as big as my fist. If he hadn't pooed, he would have cracked four. Easy. <laughs> Easy. Even the obstetrician was like, yeah, that was a big poo. Yeah. Like, well done, honey. Four kilos. Well done, baby. Well so done. that would be the poo that ordinarily would have just gone back into the system, right? Like, Or is this a, is this a baby thing? No, this is the... Because one thing, after having done two episodes, one thing I've realised, maybe this is a confession time, yeah. is that you know so much more about this stuff than me. Like if <laughs> if we if this was a sitcom, we're, yeah. the, we're the original odd couple. You've got Asha, who's a SWAT, who's read every book and read every YouTube video. Then there's me, who's gone by the flying by the seat of my pants. Every time you bring something up, I'm like, okay, all right, is that something that happens? So even again, with the poo thing, I'm like, so is that normal that a baby comes out and does a massive poo or yeah. is that – okay, good. <laughs> so it's the, the meconium, which is – it's not exactly poo just yet, but meconium is the – as they, you know, feed inside the uterus, inside the amniotic, the amniotic sac, that's basically their digestive system figuring out how to start to work and it's the, the first few things that become baby's first poo start to amass over the last couple of weeks right. of gestation. Okay. And then when they come out, meconium is – I kept remembering because it, it sounds like Makona because it looks like dark <laughs> coffee. It's it's, 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 it's put you off. No, forever. no, I, nothing will put me off coffee. You know that. We're looking for sponsors, Makona, if you want to. <laughs> Mate, it was full on. And what was extraordinary, because last time we, we spoke, we were like, okay, this baby's, we had to book a date, all right, because mm-hmm. Audrey had, uh, it's a horrible thing to, to say to a woman, but she had a geriatric pregnancy mm-hmm. because she's 38. Mm-hmm. So that's a geriatric pregnancy as far as they're concerned. And part of one of the complications that is gestational diabetes. And so they're like, well, we, we want to pull it out. We want to make sure that we, we tap out about a week early. That way we can really control baby's sugars on the way out and everything's cool. So we're like, all right. So last time we spoke, we were, like, we were in this holding pattern. But no matter what, baby was going to come on Friday. And there's something psychological about that. Mm. There's something about, as we learned in that course, like a woman's got to feel calm, safe and private. And private. Right? And or everything was done. All the vacuuming was done. And then she was like, all right, I'm ready to have this baby. We were supposed to call at six in the morning to say, when should we come in? And at 3 a.m. she woke up going, oh, 
<laughs> oh, oh, this boy's coming. Yeah, right. Yeah. She had three contractions from the car to the ward. and um, uh, So she was in active labor from 3 a.m.? Uh, no, she was in active labor pretty much from when we we basically got in there, sat down, and right. it was on. Okay. Yeah, and it was on. And she went from three centimeters dilated to nine centimeters Whoa. dilated in about 48 minutes. Ah, oh, and from what I understand, that that can be painful, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, the, ideally, you want like a slow kind of dilation just so the body yeah. can release enough endorphins and oxytocin. No. And, no, 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 no. There was a point where the midwife, we had, we're very lucky to have a very experienced midwife who was just delightful and she was just magnificent. And she... It was fascinating watching her body language around Audrey change and the signals she was looking for, like her toes curling and certain ah, sounds that Audrey tells. was... Yeah, basically. You're a poker player. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when Audrey was having contractions, she would just kind of go into this different space and the noises she was making during the contractions, you know, there was like just breathing and then she started making this one particular noise and the midwife was like, oh, I'm just going to go get the obstetrician, tell him not to leave. And as soon as she's out of the room, Audrey's like, take off my pants. Take them off right now. Pants got to come off. Like next time the woman came in, like there's Audrey, no pants on. Just like, and it was, dude, it was on. Wow. Yeah. At the recording of this pod, I am where you were a month ago. Yep. So Gemma has been having her Braxton Hicks. Yeah. Tightening of the belly. But there's been, so far... It's been very textbook. Everything mm-hmm. that is meant to happen seems to be happening in the right order. Cool, so we get, we're due in a couple of days of recording. That's our, our due Whoa. date. But I feel like it could – I mean, I have my phone by my side. I yeah. feel like you it, it you could happen yeah. any moment. Like last night even, we went and saw our last movie as, uh, yeah. you know, just the two of us for a while. And we went gold class just for, for room. And then, like, as soon Spoiled. as the credits started to roll, Jim's like, uh-oh. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> can we, like, shuffle back to the car? And so we got back to the apartment and we're like, okay, maybe this is on. So I put on some Elton John. We bought an old record player because we've got our whole, like, our whole routine set yeah. up. But then it was just Braxton Hicks. It yeah. just It was actually good, though, because it sort of was like running drills. Yeah, yeah, it's great, right? <laughs> like, like a fire drill. Yeah, we had three false Straight into the massage, yeah, the yeah, acupressure, yeah. all this yeah, kind of absolutely. stuff. Yeah, absolutely. So here's the amazing thing that I learned when we were in hospital. When baby's hungry, if you get to crying, you've missed at least seven or maybe eight signals. Right. All right. So you don't really need to get to crying and you're able to see he's just woken up. And so you're able to see, you're able to see a few. So his hands have started to stir. Yeah. His mouth is the cue. And watch when I, when I stroke his cheek, he should turn towards it. And oh no, he's kind of zoning out again. But when, what, keep an eye on him. <laughs> Hello, buddy. He's looking me in the eye now. See that knife he's making? Yeah. And that tongue, that face. Yeah, that's get me and a boob. Yeah, and watch. He'll go to my. Oh, he's going. He'll turn his head. And if he if he stroke his cheek, he'll turn his head and start trying to get into my on my bicep. Yeah. See that? See that rooting reflex? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, that exactly that. Uh, yeah. He's ready to go. That's a- yeah. All right. So I'm just going to get up and I'm going to, yeah. It's fascinating, man, that the first feed after he came out was just, like, they just know what to do. Osh has gone off mic. Uh, we don't yet have the budget for a roving microphone no. <laughs> in the Dead Pod Studios. Uh, what's happening here is there's a, a, a bottle of expressed milk that's going in the, bo- the bottle warmer. going to dial that up and uh, see so we've got five minutes until that's going to be ready, or four minutes till that's going to be ready. So in the meantime, what Paul Wolfie doesn't realise is that I'm going to uh, I'm going to fool the boy. Oh. Yeah. With what? 
You see he's doing that, that kind of rooting reflex. He's starting to like kind of shake his head around. He's basically trying to find a nipple. Yeah. So he's, he's looking for something. So I'm going to trick him yeah. for a second with the end of my little finger oh, yeah. underneath his front gums. And he'll at first he'll be a bit upset. He'll be like, what's that? But he'll, he'll get on it in just a second. Oh, there, there we go. go. And he's settled. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. And so, yeah, man, it's the Harvey Carp. It's the five S's. You, you swaddle, uh, side stomach position. So you put him on his side, hold him towards your body. You shush him. You sway him from back and forth and you get him to suckle. You get those five things done. So again, and they right out. Osh has clearly done the research. <laughs> <laughs> Here I am like, oh, I'm sure I'll work it out. They can uh, eat steak, right? Yeah, you'll be fine. Yeah. You'll be fine. <laughs> Um, How are you going with the sleep deprivation? Uh, I'm I'm not great. But okay. Audrey is. I don't know how she's even upright. Well, does it? Did, I get the feeling because Jim, the last I'd say five months has not been sleeping well at all. And yeah. do you think there is a kind of acclimatization the, that the mother goes through? I guess that gets some more because I'm the same thing. I, and I'm not necessarily like a heavy sleeper, but I have been waking up. You know, after a seven-hour sleep being like, oh, God, like, how am I going to – I feel tired now. How am I going to do this every two hours? Like, I don't know. I even had a dream last night. It was so funny. I had a dream that I um, went skydiving and my parachute didn't open. Excellent. And I landed but survived without my parachute opening, broke both my ankles and then survived. And it's like, but how am I going to get up? What am I going to do now? But my ankles are broken. And that's when I woke up. I woke up to Jim saying, I think I'm having a contraction. That's an so excellent, like, excellent omen there, Charlie. Yeah. I was like, okay. So that's, that's clearly my subconscious is telling yeah. me I'm about to like plummet out of an airplane with no parachute. Well, look. But I'll, yeah. I'll survive. You did. Well, that's, and then you will. And that's yeah. the thing. You've got to just remember that millions and millions of men and women have done this before us. And yeah. everyone seems to be okay. Well, I just cannot fathom, like, the amount of prep that's gone into just, like, because we were away the week before last. Jim's a director, so she was shooting in Adelaide, and I went over to sort of accompany her. We How did you even a, fly it, that amount of pregnancy? You, can. you need a letter? Yeah, you got to get a letter. A note from the doctor to say she's okay to fly. But the funny thing was, like... Jem is very organised. She's very much, you know, she likes being in control of her life. And it was almost like the minute this job was done and we got back to Sydney, contractions came. Yeah. All this, it all started. Yeah. It was like the baby knew. And so that's why I feel like we'll be on or around the delivery date because Jem yeah. has decided that she wants that baby to come oh, yeah. on around the delivery date. Oh, no, I, I, I don't doubt it. Uh, it's definitely a showbiz baby, your yeah. baby as well. Can read a call sheet just like this yeah, one. Totally. I will have to tell you, though, we should talk about this and mm. as much as you can just be present in the room, just be present in the room when it was happening. Mm. When she's going through the contractions, Audrey was elsewhere. Right. And fair enough too. Yeah. Clearly very intense for her. Mm. And I had to get into scrubs. She's like, you should get into scrubs because those jeans aren't going to survive. Right. And she would have literally torn the T-shirt off my body if I was just wearing this shirt. The stitching right. wouldn't handle it. Yeah, I was basically – lucky I'd been training, honestly, because there was some point where she had to lie on her side because <laughs> she needed to push in a certain direction to kind of get him around a corner. So I was basically holding her. That's a fun, that actually brings up a funny story. So about three days ago, our doula came around um, just to show us some relaxation techniques acupressure, mm. massage, all that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, they're great. They work. And they I, really work. Yeah, but I had just done a fairly intense session with my PT the day before and I was so sore. And so as Jim is getting into a position for me to like apply, I'm like, my thighs are killing, my hamstrings are tight, my <laughs> yeah, lower back's killing me. cannot complain. <laughs> after the door left, Jim was like, you're very weird, very muted. And 
that situation is like, look, I've got to tell you, I was in a lot of pain. I didn't want to say anything at the time. And she's like, you're in pain. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah, exactly nah. what I didn't want to bring It's all that over, up. dude. It's all over. You can never, ever, ever say that again. Yeah. Look, all the breathing stuff that we learned, really, really useful. That stuff we learned at the Calm Birth course really helped. Helped me, helped her. Certainly when she was back, when the contractions weren't happening, allowed us to go, I'm like, honey, remember those breaths, five in, five out. Remember all that stuff? And that really, really, really helped us. And honestly, Charlie, watching her do that, watching Audrey bring, I mean, look how big he is. Yeah. All right. This humongous human <laughs> came out of her vagina. Watching her. Oh, so that's how it happens. Yes. Oh. I'm sorry. Sorry to bust it out to oh, you, and that's what's no. going to happen. Jeez. Watching Audrey do that, I was already completely in love with her and in awe of her, and she was already my hero because she had, you know, helped me get a lot better. But just in complete humility in the face of like it's divine creation. Mm. It is. It truly is. No wonder men are so terrified of women because men cannot do that. Yeah. Men don't have that power. Nice yeah. deadlift, Trent. Good for you, mate. Yeah, men complain like me about having sore legs. Yeah, good on you, buddy. Squats. This woman just pushed something the size of a watermelon out something the size of the whole of a grape and, you know, brought an entire human being. She created human being inside of her body and brought it safely into the world. Mm. But good on you with your deadlift, mate. You know, it's well, amazing. One of those things too where like because I'm at a point where I have no concept of what I'm about to walk into, like mm. – I just cannot possibly imagine what this whole event is going to be like. And I'm trying to be very mindful of all this stuff and not sort of like project into the future and trying to anticipate because I've got no idea what it's going to be like. But it is I, – what I have noticed is there is such a kind of – and I don't want to use the wrong word here, but there is such a kind of uh, fervour hmm. around the childbirth industry. Yeah. Like people who work in it, midwives and doulas yeah. and stuff. And I'm – like when I hear them talk, I, like part of me, and I'll be honest, is like this seems cultish. Like the way you talk and, you know, you're talking about goddesses and this other yeah. kind of stuff, like I don't quite understand it because I haven't experienced it yet. But just like any kind of heretic, yeah. <laughs> I need to have my road to Damascus moment where I'm like, oh, now I see the light. Yeah. So, uh, yes, absolutely. Uh, te- the temperature of the bottle is now the right, All right temperature and in we go. We're swapping the pinky for the teat. Didn't even realise it. No. Bang, bang. Sucked in. Perpetually <laughs> sucked in. He's all over it. Yeah, man. Snacks are really important. Luke Heggie, let me know. Like, make sure you bring snacks. Snacks are real important mm. um, because well, you can be in there for quite a while. A good tip I was given that I haven't even thought of from a friend of mine was she said straw. She's yes. gone, get a straw. And I was like, that's a really good tip. That's something that you would never think of. So we got a fancy, uh, one of those fancy bamboo straws. Yeah, yeah. So this a water, special pregnancy straw. This water bottle here, which was my water bottle, it's one of those big thermo flask things. It's got like a flip-up straw lid that you can sip on. That's now Audrey's water bottle because yep. she can use it while she breastfeeds. Yeah. And that was the one that we used in hospital and, you know, it's super important. So can we uh, get on to the subject of names? Yes. Because uh, obviously Wolfgang has been revealed to the world. Have we? Yeah. Did we mention that? We just started talking about Wolfie. Wolfie, yeah, yeah, Wolfgang, yeah. But it's Wolfgang, right? Yes. Full name? Yeah, Wolfgang Rocco, which is the like a Fijian word for chief. Oh, cool. Arlo, which is the name that Georgia gave him, A-R-L-O, Ginsburg. Yeah, yeah. He's got four names. And, and we didn't know what we were going to call him. Did so you we, have the shortlist leading we up did. to We did. We had quite the shortlist. And we just Charlie kinda, never got in. <laughs> No, no. I, was, I was totally pranking Audrey with, you know what, Clive, that's a really good name. <laughs> you know, it's really, Hank, that's a good one. <laughs> Hank is a good uh, name. Hank's a good name. But we wanted to look him in the eye and right. he didn't open his eyes until day two. Yeah. So we just kind of wanted to look him in the eye and kind of get a, get a vibe and then we kind of tried them on a bit 
Yeah. It is interesting. We have our short list as well. We're having a little girl. And it's funny because it's almost like a tattoo in a way. Jim and I both have tattoos. And there is a thing with tattoos where you sort of decide on the perfect thing and then yeah. you give it a month and you're like, oh, my God, I almost got like that bald eagle on my yeah. back or whatever. So it's like we really have to think about it. But it, we are going to do that thing of when we see her, we yeah. feel like the name will come yeah. to us. Yeah. And there's a few things, you know, obviously you want to honour heritage, obviously Fijian and German heritage. For us it's like Jim has Czech Scottish, I have Irish. The problem for us is Clawson is such a – Terrible surname. Like, it just sounds like a car crash at the end of any <laughs> sequence of names. Put Clawson, and there's a lot of things that don't work before Clawson. But the benefit is we want to include a Gemma surname, which is Lee. And you put Lee in the middle of any name, it just sounds heaps better. You just sound like a country and western singer. Yeah. And it sounds so much better. It Lee Clawson too. sounds good. It could, yes. Usher Lee Clawson. See, that, that sounds good. That's. That you're absolutely right. That's a, a triple a triple threat. Yeah, yeah, I love it. But you know, they, everyone was super cool. Everyone just called it baby. Everyone just called him baby because we didn't have a name for him. Yeah, and that was you know. Well, we call her Donut. That's, right. That's been the nickname, and it's funny because I don't remember really spreading that. It's just it's just a cute little nickname. I love donuts. Donuts are small, round, and sweet, and so just something. But it must have permeated into our entire friendship group because at Gem's baby shower, the thirty cards or whatever she got, they all are addressed to donut. Love it. And everyone keeps sending. So we had a friend uh, who got us for the nursery a beautiful like children's painting she had commissioned, which has a donut in it. And Excellent. Stuff. And, but Aww. part of me is like. Well, maybe that's going to be her name. Like, we'll give her an official name, but maybe Donut's going to last, in which case she's going to hate us for the rest of her life. <laughs> Is there anything you're worried about? Um, not at this stage. Not with, like I said, I'm trying to just be in the moment and not let my mind race too far. Like, there's stuff I'm worried about in the big picture, like, you know, the planet burning before my child reaches her teens, but not not in terms of the actual birthing or, or any of that kind of stuff. And, again, like, I do sort of feel like when I talk to you that I'm compl- – I don't know anything, that I don't know if I'm, like, being willfully ignorant or if I just have not picked up on stuff. But I also sort of feel like – the way Gemma and I, our relationship works and the way that, we you know, we've approached every other decision seems to be in play with this as well, which is that we're getting everything done that we need to get done, but we're just not being um, neurotic about it. Like I talked to a friend of mine who said, look, really there's no way to parent. Like it's just how you choose to parent. And he was saying that you know, he felt that when their first child, they've got two kids and their first child was born, that maybe they were super overprotective and they, there was not any reason for that, but they just, that was the way that they approached being parents for the first time. And if he had like any advice, it was like, don't fear it, you know, embrace mm. it. And, and so when I sort of meditate on it, when I think about it, I try and avoid the negativity. And that's like we talked last week, uh, last episode about people always want to come and tell you that, oh, just, you know, watch this, go to the movies as many times as you can and eat yeah, as many yeah, fancy yeah, restaurants. Yeah. And I'm like, well, that's your experience of yeah. parenthood. And I'm not saying that we're going to rewrite the book, but it's going to be the way we do it. Yeah. And I feel very confident and positive that we're going to do it in a way that it works for us and works for the baby. I mean, yeah. the baby's obviously the priority, but it's also not at the expense of our identities. Yes. And if there's one thing that I had <laughs> garnered from, sorry, this is the, the forward burping position. Okay. okay. So on the, on the leg, 
you put one, uh, put his arm through your thumb and forefinger there, all right, and you let his face rest on your palm, and that way his kind of tummy is underneath him. He's able yeah. to get the burps up a bit better because he stopped. He pulled I'll off. Hope the, we get one on camera, uh, on, ca- on microphone. We'll yeah, get, we'll get I one. bet we will. I'll, you'll, I'll cheer when I get it. <laughs> Actually, you should take a photo because it was we'll send it to send it to Audrey and go, "Hey, honey, the baby's earning his money again." Uh, <laughs> You know the thing that that I certainly know, and you know it when you know it when you see it, and your friends have got kids. It's like pets, really. The pet reflects yeah. the parent. Yeah. Right? Parents anxious and skittish. Pets anxious and skittish. Yeah. Same, same. If parents are cool and calm and go, okay, right. So the nappy's exploded. All right, we've run out of breast milk. Da 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 da. Okay, what are we going to do? Or, or it's like, oh my god, code red, yeah. and the kid freaks out. The well, calmer you are, the calmer the kid is. I That's can't really remember it. If I told this story on the last episode, maybe it happened in between. But when we did our um, hospital tour around the postnatal unit, or is that if you maybe you guys can hear that? That's a drill. <laughs> oh yeah, we're in the the, the, the yeah. There's some. Some uh, renovation that's going not, on. That's in. not Wolfie burping or no, farting. No, that's, that's a, a that's a power. The drill. roof next door going on. When we're in the postnatal unit, so a big group of us walking around, and this couple came out, and they'd obviously just given birth within like the last twenty four hours. She was all red faced and stuff, but they're both in their dressing gowns and their slippers on, and they had their baby in the little crib. Walked into the cafeteria, and they were so chilled out and happy. You, you would have thought they were like you know walking into like a like a buffet restaurant yeah. somewhere. They had the baby there. They just getting. Food, they were kissing and cuddling and just chatting and stuff. The whole thing was so yeah. relaxed. And Jeremy and I just like elbowed each other and we're like, we want to be that couple. Yeah. The couple who are just like, yeah, cool, man. We just had a baby. Like, it's yeah. not like they're in panic mode or what do we do? It's like, okay, yeah. this is a new situation. Let's yeah. see how we roll with it. Yeah. And the, the wonderful thing is that when you're, we live in this incredible country with extraordinary healthcare, and if I didn't know how to do anything, I'd just go, can you just help me out with this thing? I don't like really simple things. You'll, you'll have this as well. It's probably less. Uh, random because it's only pointing in one direction but like I couldn't figure out how do I not get peed on every time I change a nappy alright what there must be a technique yeah. to this is there um, yeah there is okay um, you just have the other one ready to go and there's they show me hey just watch for this if he starts to do that just watch for that because that means the right. wee's on the way okay. Um, so I'm like okay and then soon enough they just can you show me how to do this please oh, yeah, okay great how am I supposed to know I don't know yeah um, yeah rather than you know, just feel calm. Baby's calm, yeah. and that's it. And Audrey is the greatest. She's right. so 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 chill. I mean, you know, she's Fijian, so she has this sang in the langer is no worries. So she has this everything's going to be all right yeah. kind of vibe about her. And I've got this fantastic photo of her lying on her side, she's breastfeeding the baby, laying down. Baby's on the bed. She's breastfeeding the baby on the right boob. So she's got her right hand free. She's got a glass of Prosecco in her hand <laughs> and eating a soft cheese <laughs> on a cracker. <laughs> and the baby's literally like four hours old. Well, I think, <laughs> so, I think there, so there is this pressure too. Like we live in like social media, Instagram culture, and there is this subconscious or conscious pressure on people to have it figured out and for it to be perfect and stuff. And I'm quite prepared to <laughs> be bad at this and to need advice and, you know, to be told what to do. I think I don't want to be one of those parents. Like my father was quite an anxious man and I think, you know, like probably clinically anxious as well, undiagnosed or whatever. And my memory of that as a child was it gave me anxiety Mm -hmm. to see someone walking around holding on to all this kind of like tension. And so we're doomed to repeat you know, the mistakes of our parents. But in some ways, you know, we're given a template where it's like, okay, well, that's something that we can avoid. And, you know, my mother, after my father passed away, my mother's approach was almost the complete opposite, which she was very much like Audrey, where she was like, you know what? 
nothing is forever. You can find your own happiness and go with the flow. And, and she was very easygoing. So I think having had those two influences, I know where I would rather sit. It doesn't mean I'm going to get it right all the time. Yeah. But, you know, it, a lot of it depends on the communication I think you have as a couple. Mm. And Gemma and I have always had good communication, you know. Like I, I stuff up all the time, I'm sure. She makes mistakes as well. But it's never like, well, you've that's something I'm going to hold on to or that's something that will, is irredeemable or whatever. And who wants to make this situation like not enjoyable? I'm looking forward to the yeah. adventure of it, yeah. you know. And what is life if life's not solving problems? That's yeah. where we get joy out of life. And we'll still get the great Instagram photos. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Just, just shoot a high, you know, you're a photographer, just shoot high content. You'll be fine. Good Shit filters and yeah, uh, you'll, be fine. you'll get those images you can post. Um, I, I, just as you were speaking then, I, I, was, I got a bit teary because it's something that, you know, and I know you did mention it before that I wasn't prepared for how awesome and how extra scary it was. Like, mm. it's, I've spoken a lot about how scary I can find the world sometimes. Mm. It's gotten more scary because yeah. now it's... Something at stake. Well and truly. Like, yeah. I was looking like 30 years ahead and I'm out, you know, and maybe another 50 years ahead and then 60 years ahead, 70 years ahead, George is out. Oh, but hang on, this one's got another... Uh, what are we going to do? Yeah. And so that has... Get him a little steel boomerang. <laughs> Doesn't <laughs> A possum <laughs> skin outfit. <laughs> oh, excellent. Uh, on Thunder Road. Excellent, throw, Road. excellent throwback. I love it. <laughs> uh, but also at the same time, there was this extraordinary hope that arrived at the same time. So it was almost this duality of holding mm. this hope of, well, we've got to figure it out because he's here now. So, yes, yeah. even more, way scarier than it was. But... Um, so be prepared for that mm. because I just hold him and I just start crying because <laughs> I can't protect him, yeah. you know. And I'm not the first person to say this, but I, and I heard it before, but it never made sense. It's like you start living your life with your heart outside your body. Yeah. All right? I've heard and that too. That's going to happen. And the other thing, and I just mentioned, I just I got a bit teary then because, and I know you do too, you know, I miss my mum all the time. Mm. You know, I miss my mum every day. And I see Audrey's mum with Wolfie on his lap. Mm. I'm like, fuck, man. Would have been nice. Yeah, it would have been nice. Yeah. You know, to give her that chance. But, mm. And, you know, to, to, to see them together. And But in, all, in a way, it's all the same thing because it's really about family, right? I yeah. mean, the reason that you miss your mother so much is you loved her and that she was the woman who raised you and mm. created all these wonderful memories. And so, you know, you're doing that for your child yeah. now. It was actually mum who noticed... When I first met Audrey, she, she knew Audrey and, and she would kind of go like, come on, why aren't you guys trying for kids? And I would let her know that I'm so worried about the world. And, mm. and she said, listen, when we left Lithuania, when the Russians invaded, we fled with the Nazis because it was a choice of stay and go through what we went through with the Russians go or leave with the Nazis. And we all have an idea of what the Nazis were doing and the Russians were worse. Mm. So like we're getting out of here. And she said, we were on the road. They were on the road for like 18 months as refugees, like going down through Prussia and across Europe and they ended up in Germany. And as a refugee caravan, like just this long line of people just walking. And she said, people still started families. People yeah. still had, you know, conversations around the dinner table. She says, life goes on. She says, don't, 
ever let that stop you. And uh, that really, really changed me because mm. she could identify that I was exactly that. I was like, oh, how dare I be so selfish to bring a child in the world? She's like, people, and Audrey says that as well. I wake up every morning, sometimes I wake up and I'm worried, oh, the world's on fire. She goes, honey, the world's always been on fire. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it must, be, it must be like that. I mean, for a generation before us, it would have been like the cold fear of the Cold War. Yeah. And before that, you know, I mean, there's always been something to fear. I think the difference now is the access to scientific data and mm. information yeah. is irrefutable and, and hard to ignore. Yeah. But there could be a solution around the corner and I think that you can't control the planet. You can only control what's in your life. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, I love my friends and I love my family and I just want to continue to grow and develop those relationships. And, you know, Gemma and I were very open about the fact that if we couldn't have kids for any reason, there's a lot of couples who can't, then that would be fine. We'd be okay with that. You know, we're lucky that we were able to conceive and that we're about to have a child. But, you know, it's not a status thing or a a merit-based system or anything like that. It's just people doing what they want to do. And Mm. to say it's irresponsible or or I think that's putting too negative a spin on it and you're maybe being too globally focused. Yeah. Unless your child is personally responsible for the destruction. Yeah. Unless your child, unless you happen to give birth to a child and then a week later they become the CEO of Exxon. I think (laughs) you're going to be, I think you're going to be okay. I know it's pithy. I know it looks like it belongs on a t-shirt, but I had to come up with something to get myself redirected. Mm. I can't change the world, but I can change a nappy. Nah. So that's what I got to do. Yeah. Because as far as he's concerned, that's it. Let's give a dad a call. Oh, yeah. Lou's got two children. G'day, mate. Hi, Ace. How are you, buddy? Yeah, good. Got Charlie Clawson here, Heggie. How are you doing, Hi, buddy? Luke. Hey, Charlie. How you going, mate? Good. So, um, Charlie's, Charlie's like, ready to, like, what are some essentials that you think should absolutely have to be in the bag that Charlie's taking to hospital, Luke? Oh, man. I don't know long the best after this. Definitely some snacks. Snacks? Yeah. I sure already brought that up. People don't talk about how like you could be there for days I remember being so hungry I would have killed everyone for a sandwich <laughs> no place <laughs> and you know you can't leave because something will happen so um yeah just look after yourself mate put number one first yeah <laughs> good advice um, oh one thing actually I could tell you one thing you know those bottles of spray well, you could make one up yourself just out of a bloody old Windex bottle if you clean it properly but just water to spray on Oh, that's they're, good. Not, they're not allowed to have big drinks and stuff, are they? No. I don't think you can just sit there drinking heaps of water. So, yeah, they, you know, keep spraying the face every now and then. Maybe ask it first. But, um, <laughs> just don't go up there. Like, isn't, that, isn't that the same way you also stop your dog from, like, biting? So you go up and spray yeah. water in its face. <laughs> I mean, did you feel a bit like a fifth wheel? Like there was nothing for you to really do oh, in the yeah. room? Yeah, right. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and the staff quite like that. And go, here's a guy, you know, he's turned up with his bloody sausage set and a couple of screwdrivers or something, thinking he can help. But um, not much you can do. And they love making you feel useless, too. You... <laughs> oh, I know a guy who's fainted. Yeah? <laughs> oh, you've got to not do that. That'd be the worst. Well, that, that, you know. you've actually hit on one of my greatest fears is that I will faint. Oh. And I've, I've been saying that to yeah. Jen from the very beginning because I get very squeamish, even in, like, really gory movies or whatever I can't really oh, watch. Man, yeah, it's horrific. And I just sort of... I felt a bit faint. So I was like, no, I'm not doing that. So I just go, here he is again, making it all about him. <laughs> so you go. 
Yeah, I'm not. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie, Charlie. You are going to see uh, the woman that you love. There's going to be blood. There's mm. probably going to be poo. Mm. There's going to be all kinds of liquids that come out of her body that you didn't know were in there. Um, there's going to be a, the smell of the amniotic fluid in the room. It's all going to happen. Yeah, I'm just going to a yeah. happy place as you're talking right now. Yeah, yeah. Maybe take an hockey strap and just strap yourself in the chair for the last <laughs> bit so you don't fall out and on the floor. Well, I did have one of the midwives say to me that, like, a lot of the time they are controlling the husbands. Like, yeah. Wrangling husbands. They're either stopping them from fainting. One uh, midwife told me that she had a guy who must have been like, he maybe worked in like coaching or something because he started barracking for his wife. Like, go, oh, no. go, you can do yeah. it. And she's like, okay, look, just like yeah. positive affirmation, but we don't need the cheer. <laughs> Let's go, you good thing. Yeah. Um, it must be a bunch of them, though. There must be two schools of thought in the midwifery and nursing section. You think, oh, why did we ever think the bloke should be here? Nah. Just go to the pub. <laughs> or just do what you used to do. Get out of our way. <laughs> <laughs> There's not much you can do, is there? There was, there was an excellent moment where our midwife, Audrey, and it only happened once and Audrey was quite grateful for it, actually. Audrey just kind of lost where she was for a second and the midwife, very lovingly, just kind of gave her a very slight slap on the face. Really? Said, Audrey, I'm going to need you here. I'm going to need you to do this. And Audrey's like, oh, oh, okay, okay, okay. She's just kind of bring it back oh, into wow. the room. Was it like that scene in Flying High where it's just like a, a royal midwife <laughs> just lining up to slap Audrey? They were out the door, around the corner. Some of them had snacks. It was yeah. a long line. It was a, a, a lot of grudges, a lot of scores a long, to set up that Long, long yeah. line of people. Um, what's amazing, Charlie, is that now, you know, 10 and 8 years after the fact that Luke has been through this, he's got two incredible kids. They're bilingual. They're delightful. They're super polite. They're wonderful to be around. And I know certainly I felt a lot better about bringing Wolfie in the world because I knew that I could always call this bloke here, Luke, if I ever ran into trouble. <laughs> oh, that's nice to say, yeah. You're an absolute legend. Thanks for being a part of it, man. Well, thank you. Good luck, Charlie. Have a go as well, mate. few questions here, Charlie. Uh, one's coming on the Instagram, Dad Pod Graham. Mandy has asked a question, and this really relates to you okay. because we have very different situations around support. How do you deal with not having your support network around and relying on your wife's? For example, my husband not being able to lean on his mum because we're interstate, and it's really difficult for him, and he's the, the primary carer. Now, we are very fortunate in that Audrey's mum was able to be with us uh, for the like two weeks before baby came and then a few weeks after baby came. But both your parents have passed on and James' parents are in Overseas. in Scotland yeah. and all your family's in Victoria. Well, no, I've got a brother and sister in Sydney. All right. Yeah. But you, you guys are it's, it's basically you're pretty us. solo, yeah. Yeah, so I think, um, well, we've got a doula, so we've, the simple answer is you hire help. Yeah. And so... At this stage, the doula has mainly been for advice mm. because we need someone who is a child expert. And so she's been coming around and uh, she gave me great advice about food prep, uh, napping, all this kind of stuff, all these things that we just had no idea about. And so that's one element of it. And then I think that will continue in terms of childcare. Like Jen wants to get back to work you know, fairly soon. So I think, you know, we're just going to look into childcare. I'll probably we'll, – we'll share – the childcare uh, when it works, but when we're both working, we'll just look to hire help. But we also have friends who have offered, you know, friends who understand what we're going through who have offered to kind of like come over for an hour or so, you know, if there's things we need to go to, appointments or whatever, meetings, things like that. So I don't know what anyone's personal situation is 
but I, I, it's probably unlikely that you have absolutely no one you can ask. And if you have people around that you're not sure, maybe just ask the question. Mm. I think you've got to be prepared in those first few months that it's just going to be you guys anyway, like even with support of like mm. grandparents or whatever. You're doing the bulk of the work. But, yeah, I think for a lot of people, especially my, a lot of people are having kids later in life and stuff now, so those support networks aren't necessarily there. Professional childcare is the way to go. I mean, if you look, Osher and I live in the same neighbourhood and there are more childcare centres <laughs> per square foot yeah. than any other business. I can't believe it. Like, I think, I yeah. think there's four within walking distance yeah. of my apartment. Yeah, I think, but I think there's people in this part of the city can afford it too because yeah. they're at an income. Well, the thing about Sydney is both of you have to work yeah. in order for you to pay for the childcare. Oh, good Lord. Yeah, absolutely. My mate of mine, he's, he said that he pays the same amount in childcare as he does to send one of his sons to Knox, which is one of the absolute fuck-off mega wow. boys' schools here. Per year, it costs the same amount. That's crazy. It is. Yeah. It shouldn't be. No. But it is. Yeah. <laughs> nah. Like, like I mean, the, the benefit is that his two-year-old's now in the first 15, which is great. <laughs> but. <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah, it's bananas. It's, but that's full-time childcare, you know. That, but, yeah. like, just think of the amount of what's the income. You almost have to be, like, on a triple of that, you know, to make it worth your while to be yeah. back at work. You have to be. Like, exactly. I can see why so many people just never go back because mm. it's like, well, for me to earn enough money to justify the childcare to then earn enough money to then steal me back at work, the income that I've got to be at, it's, I may as well stay home. Yeah. In the, or the amount of work I've got to do if I'm, you know, getting paid by the hour. I think the uh, simple solution is to move to a part of Australia where communes exist <laughs> and let the community raise your child. <laughs> oh, that's I'll see you good. in Mullumbimby very soon. <laughs> We've uh, had a cracking episode, but we do always like to finish off with uh, Doubt of the Week. Doubt of the Week. We've had a couple of big ones. We've had uh, Alf uh, Stewart. Alf Stewart. <laughs> We've had Dan Connor. All great dads. Great dads. And who's our Doubt of the Week? Well, I was struggling to think of one, but then I remember watching um, this great documentary on the Foo Fighters. Do you oh, remember yeah. a few years ago they decided to record an album by doing it reel to reel? They went old school. Sound City. An yes. amazing, amazing documentary. And there's a great scene in that where they're in the studio and they're rocking out. And Dave Grohl's daughter comes up in her little fairy outfit and starts tugging on Dave's shirt, even though while he's trying to mix, like, you know, the guitarist is in there playing and she starts tugging his shirt because it's time to go to the pool. And so he doesn't want to do it, but then he does. And then they cut from band rocking out to everyone's in the pool, kids in the pool. And there's this scene where Dave's like, well, yeah, you know, you try and be a rock star, but at the same time, if your kid wants to go for a swim, you've got to go for a swim. So I found this article. This is when Dave Grohl was out in Australia. This is uh, good because every every dad we've had so far has been a pretend dad. This is yeah, this is, a, real, this is a real dad, a real life dad. Uh, so this is an interview he did with Cassie Walker at Triple M uh, ahead of Father's Day. So it says we we dug into the deep vaults and found this cracking interview uh, with Triple M's Fitzy uh, and the one and only. Dave Grohl. In this 2011 interview, the two bond over the joy of being a father. Talking to Fitz, Grohl explains how much touring had changed now that he's a father. We hardly go out for 14 days at a time. On the road, I get five minutes alone. But when I get home, the kids call out daddy and my life is this, being a Foo Fighter and then them. Backstage is now more accommodating for the kids than the band. When you have a kid, it opens up all these new channels of emotion and perspective when it comes to songwriting and being a father. Grohl's latest project, Play, was inspired by his children and watching the fear and pride of learning music. Oh. So 
Dave Grohl, Dad Pod, salute you. <laughs> Charlie, you're the best. I'm going to go change a nappy. If we don't speak again the next time this happens, there'll be another baby in the room. Yeah. Um, if we do speak again, it means that Audrey's still at the 40 that she was at and I've still got heaps of bottles in the fridge and the bottle warmer's ready to go. I'm here, Olavo. I'm not going <laughs> anywhere. I'm here, Olavo, folks. Try the fish. <laughs> 